Hello, and welcome back to Maiden Voyage. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Ashley Owens of Ashley Assists. Um, Ashley, yay! yay! So, uh, Ashley and I met at a marketing conference where I also met Seth Godin. So she, in my mind, holds the same like level of awesomeness that like Seth and Ashley are like here because we met on the same day. So it just feels like she's as amazing as him. And as you see, she is um, a self-employed, badass entrepreneur who lives in the Philly area, um, an expert in marketing, an expert in networking, um, and really like how to generate, and I, I love this tagline, we're going to dig into it, how to like generate revenue through networking, which is like, what? As a salesperson, I'm like, tell me more. How do I do that? Right. How do you go from making a friend to making money from your friend? Um, so we are so excited to meet you to dig into anything you can share with us about networking in this crazy time. We've got some really great questions lined up um, and we are so excited to have you today. Women face unique challenges from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. I would kind of like to start off with what we generally ask a lot of our interviews when we kind of first start, like, how did you start your business? What was the tipping point in what you were doing previously to saying, I'm done with this trash. I'm doing what I want to do. And I want to spend my time how I want to spend it. And I'm diving into this like self-employed arena. How did that happen? This is, this is such an interesting story. So uh, you hit it on the perfect segue for that. So I had 18 jobs after graduation. So I just, one of your wonderful staff members, Julie and I just had a little bit of a fan session about North Jersey. So it's it's one of those things where you you aspire to work in New York. And I did, I worked with two celebrities in New York City. I was a personal and executive assistant, which just means I have a lot of therapy bills and a lot of boundaries. So the best part about that um, opportunity was it taught me how to troubleshoot. So again, 18 jobs after graduation, I worked for companies like eBay Enterprise. I worked for another millionaire in Philadelphia. I never got fired. It was all mergers and acquisitions and budget cuts, things that were out of my control. And after a while, it was like, again, growing up in North Jersey, you'd keep your head down, you work until you stroke out, you don't ask questions, and you know the name of the guy at the deli. Like, that's what you did. And so when I got to, you know, Philadelphia, I was getting these positions and I, I, I knew how to find a job. I knew how to network, but I had no idea networking was what was a skill set. I just felt like, you know, growing up in a smaller you know, town, you knew everybody and you genuinely gave a damn about who they were. Yeah. So I didn't realize that was a networking skill set. It's just how I was brought up. So when um, I got to this, this position, at, you know, Ashley Assist, I was working for a company and I was selling custom software. I thought, okay, if I am um, going to have children, I, I, I haven't really started my life yet. I don't really know who I am yet. And so it was kind of a, a, an important factor to be like, I didn't want to be a hypocrite for my kid. So um, my non-existent child. So <laughs> I went to, um, so I, 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 I left that position and put my two weeks in. I went to a networking event on that Monday. So I put my two weeks in, left on a Friday, went to a networking event on a Monday. And I walked around and I started talking to people just yeah. because it was a nice opportunity. And it was at a tailgate for a Phillies game. So I walked around and I um, 
took a step back and I was like, what the hell does everybody here have in common? I know how to sell-ish, that's why I wasn't really good at selling custom software. Uh, I know how to talk to people. I know how to work a room. I have a, a film degree and an acting background. So I can walk into a room a little bit fearlessly and, and be self-deprecating. And it's a skill set that I gained from teaching how to do it. So I didn't realize that was important at the time. I just right, felt like that's right, what you did. Right. And um, I walked over to people and I asked them, what sucks for you about networking? I just asked the question. It's like, what do you hate about it? Because I was a fixer. I can do complex calendar scheduling in my sleep. I can, you know, do research. I know how to work a computer. I understand technology. And I walked around and people would say something to the effect of, oh, I hate doing the follow-up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I hate going to events by myself. Okay. I hate finding events. And then I just built on the question by talking and just gaining information about what each person was struggling with in networking. Because I knew I wanted to go to events, not for the social aspect, but really I enjoyed and was genuinely, genuinely interested in people and curious mm -hmm. about their positions. And because I had so many positions in different industries, I can intelligently talk to each of them. So that was a skill set I didn't realize I had. So I walked around and the last person I chatted with overheard me asking these questions. And I was kind of putting like service offerings in my head, just kind of, you know, BSing my way through trying to figure this out. And he goes, Hey, would you ever network for somebody at a book signing? And I said, yes. And he goes, okay, well, give me a call in two weeks, see if we can do something. You know, it seems like you, you know, networking with somebody at an event is part of your service. I was like, it is now. And, you know, I just kind of, it is now. And so in two weeks, I had a website, I had headshots, I had service offerings, a master services agreement, liability insurance, I had um, a logo, I had branding, I had all that in two weeks. And the reason why I'm, I'm not trying to boost my ego here, what I'm saying is that it was the first time ever mm -hmm. that I was, one, not asking for somebody's permission or approval to do it. And two, I could get things done on time and on budget by myself without having anything else affect it. So it was the first time I actually saw what the hell I was capable of doing because it was for me because I actually gave a damn about it. So I, the, the day before I called a guy back and I was like, hey, you know, if you still want to hire me. So I gave him, you know, the, the uh, SOW, the statement of work. He paid it. I was like $7 at the time, you know, after taxes. I didn't know what the hell to charge this guy. And so I, I drove four hours to State College um, and then did a two hour event and then drove back. And I gave, and while he was doing the book signing, um, I walked around and he told me the kinds of people he was looking to meet, not for leads, but for strategic partnerships, people that he could share clients with. I was like, oh, no problem. So I did my thing no complaints from him. He was very happy. I gave him and his team all of the information that I had. And he sent me a beautiful unprompted um, uh, testimonial. And then the world opened up. And from there, from August 2017 to December 2017, I went to every single networking event. And as I was figuring out my service offerings, really kind of fine tuning them, I gave introductions to everyone. I went to four to five events a week and all I did was give introductions, meaningful introductions. And since then I haven't had to network, you know, in the, in the stereotypical side, um, you know, since then, because the equity has built so much. And now being able to monetize my network, being able to nurture that network and with the pandemic, 
everything shifted yeah. because everything went from on-site. My job, I was going to conferences with clients. I was right. going to events with clients as an extension of them. And then, you know, to your point, the tipping point was I got pissed off enough to make a change. Right. Thank and you. so for your clients, you are networking on their behalf. So with them. So it, before the pandemic, I was going to events as an extension of them. So we would find events to go to. I would, I would talk to the coordinator, make sure it was a good event for them to go to. And I would go as an extension. So we would go as partnerships. Love so at, at the time, nobody knew who I was and my face wasn't everywhere like it is now, and which is annoying. And so I would pretend to be an associate of that person's company. Sure. sure. Here's the problem when I go to a thousand events, people start to know my dumb face. So like after three or four months, they're like, you don't work for that company. You're Ashley, you're Ashley Owen. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to shift this. And so, right. you know what this just reminded me of that movie with Will Smith, where he's the dating coach. Literally, <laughs> literally, that is what I do. Except without the sexy time. Like I am a professional wing woman without without having, making out with Eva Longoria or whatever whoever that was then I mean movie. I don't know who that was it's just this is what happens truthfully can I just tell just because I think your audience is gonna laugh at this I I binge watched Scandal for three months and built a business and I was like I'm gonna be Olivia Pope I want because my earlier pictures of like my headshot looks like I eat nails for breakfast <laughs> just because I wanted to be Olivia Pope so like my branding is white, black, and red. One, because it's cheaper to print. And two, because that's all she wore on the yeah. show. Yeah. So yeah. the thing's fabulous. I'm yeah. here for that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course it was. Of course you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need something to go off of. And then if that gives you the motivation and the confidence to do it, now my confidence is just a different level, meaning not higher or lower. It's just different. Because right. in the beginning, I was trying so hard to show that I had value. True. So I would go to all these events. I would give all these instructions. I wouldn't be you know, charging for anything because I was still figuring out my footing. So it's all I insecurity. It. It's just real, let's be real about that. It's just all insecurity. <laughs> Well, and I think that like, also we are, um, we undervalue what we know because I do this all the time, like imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? We all have it in different forms. And I say this to our boss all the time. I'm like, why would I do a video on that? Nobody wants to hear me talk. And he's like, I'm, I won't hear that. Like, you know, more than you think, you know, and you're overvaluing what you think other people know. But I also think leadership too. Like we as women aren't told that we're good at stuff until like we ask the question. And it's, you know, very much to your point, like good for you guys to have a fantastic leader to be able to give you the, the emotional freedom to do that. Yeah. I had 18 jobs. I had nobody telling me that I was good at anything. It was just do your work and, and get paid. Right. And so it, it wasn't until I, I, honestly, I got so angry that that was my motivating factor to shift. But Having a good leader, having somebody in your corner like that. Dude, women were the enemy for me forever, forever. And it wasn't until I started my business where women that I had the pleasure and the privilege to be talking to showed me that it was okay to not feel intimidated by them. Now I'm like, I hate men. Men are trash. I don't have any ideas for them. I'm not a fan. Just kidding. They pay me money, so it's fine. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, I'm such a, I'm such a advocate for women in general now, yeah. and I'm a better person because of it. Yep. And 
But I think that comes with like self-kindness from anybody. That comes with maturity and life, I think as well, because like we're, let's be honest, we're all fucking rude to each other between the ages of 13 and 19. Like we're terrible Mm -hmm. to each other. So, you know, you got to sleep in the bed you make a little bit. And so I think though, when you get out of that, right? Like then I think for a lot of us, that's post-college years. Like when you come out of that and you get into life and you're like, shit, I need these other strong women to support me. I want to support you while you like, when we, you know, reach back to reach up kind of bullshit. Right. But like, it's true. It's real. Agreed. 100%. But it was only the entrepreneurs that were kind. I know that sounds, I'm just trying to be real here. Like it was only the women who either were mothers in their own business, ran their own shit, had a small group of people that were working with them. Like the women who ran their shit were the best people to chat with. The women in HR and corporate wanted, were miserable people. Because they're still playing that that man boardroom game. It's not their fault. Like it's not. And and I think very much to your point, like you grow and you recognize that like they're a product of their environment. So are we. Yeah. You know? And so until you made a move, it's, it's, it's interesting. I just find like who I was even just five years ago is a significantly different person just from being out of that kind of environment. Yeah. Um, And I, 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 hurts so much sometimes in my heart for some people who I see okay yeah because I'm addicted to TikTok because like I don't have time so I go into like the corporate funny TikTok stuff like they're they're like you know giving like funny videos about like what corporate life is about and I have an emotional response and I'm like what I don't do I triggered like so triggering I, I hate using the word trigger because I feel like people overuse it but you're absolutely right I'm like I don't know how else to describe it I'm like I'm gonna throw up right now yeah. Like it's so bad. And I think, and that those are the kinds of things that remind me like, we, I feel like we as entrepreneurs go through imposter syndrome, which is so healthy and so natural. We have to, because if we didn't, we don't give a shit. We don't care. We actually need a little bit of anxiety and let us be real. You got to be a little screwy in the head to start your own business. You have to be. And, but you also got to be able to troubleshoot, right? That's why yeah. entrepreneurs in this pandemic are doing okay. Smaller entrepreneurs, they're doing okay. I'm talking not like the, yeah. not like the, um, the, uh, the restaurants and like the, you know, event planners and things like that, but like entrepreneurs are doing okay because they know how to, they knew how to shift. Well, right. And, and we talk a lot about that um, in our marketing to out to the world, like last year from an organizational standpoint, it's like pivot. You, you have yeah. to pivot right now. If you're not capable of pivoting, you're going to get stuck. Right. Yeah. And so I think this is a great segue um, for two questions. I guess we'll go right into it because I think the tagline we want to dig into, but how have you adapted your business for COVID and the restrictions? I don't, uh, the C word, I'm sorry. Um, The restrictions in events in the current state of the environment. So it has been the best thing for my business and I'll tell you why. It's so interesting because networking has significantly changed and there's no gatekeeper anymore. So two things before the business, I was going to events with clients. That was my big ticket money, our big ticket item. And then I was also training teams, associations, and individuals, how to network. So my training was based off of 50% online and 50% offline, like on site. When COVID hit, I took two weeks and I stopped posting. I stopped doing anything. And I just watched and observed and pivoted. 
So I ended up taking about two weeks, two additional weeks, digging into different activities and uh, networking, virtual networking, um, again, activities, and putting it into a training that I could now educate teams who were feeling like they couldn't, you know, engage with each other and then also continue to network. So I was pitching oh. it to networking groups and things like that. So they would have me come. So I did a hundred speaking engagements from 2019 to 2020, like a hundred based off of the fact that people were looking for tangible ways to build a network, to nurture it online. So the pivot came within about March or April and then hit its stride in like August. So I have international clients now. I am now collaborating with people from fucking, excuse my language, Australia, from Ireland. I stalked a woman who has the only networking summit in the world. She has a networking summit and it's in Ireland. She came on my, my TV show. I mean, I'm talking to her about collaboration. Basically, I just wanted to recently go to Ireland and speak at a conference. Like I watched too much to Outlander. You mean, it's, pub. you mean drink in a pub, let's be honest. I mean, finding a second husband. That's that's what we're talking about here. Glad. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, you know, the, the, the ex- the expansion of my network has grown significantly. Now, the other shift has been networking, small, independent, private networking groups have been the most valuable because they're having weekly meetings. And these weekly meetings allow you to nurture a network way more efficiently than just going to every Joe, Dick, and Harry's networking event that you have to buy a cocktail and walk around and talk to people. I will never go to another networking event. Just kidding. I will because I have to. But (laughs) the goal, the, the point point of that is, is like, if I'm going to a networking event, one, it's with people either that I know, like, and trust because nurturing a network is the way you build an army. So you, you build a group of champions to become your army. The event that I'll go to is more on the social aspect, just to say, hi, friend, I miss your face, you know, and that builds a better, more lucrative relationship. Um, so the shift has been great because my networking has grown as far as like, you know, where, where these people your are, footprint, yeah. your footprint. However, the, the network is now stronger because I see them every week and I can be more intentional about the introductions that I give and I can provide greater resources. And if I have something that I need, I've got three different networking groups that I see every week and I ask for help and they like, I, I can't even tell you. I was looking for insurance the other day because I'm uh, independent insurance. And I don't ask for help because that's just me. I'm Irish Catholic and that's not what we do. So I send out an email to all these three groups because they all have directories and I put them all I'm like, hey guys, just quick question. I'm looking for this. Does anybody have any you know recommendations or um, knowledge on this topic? I kept 14 emails within 10 minutes, three phone calls, and 17 introductions in the span of a half an hour. The power of your network is extraordinary. Don't ever underestimate the power of your network. Look at Reddit, yeah. look at GameStop, look at all that what's going on in Wall Street right now. Do not underestimate the power of your network. And so when you're talking about these events, are they face-to-face or are you doing them virtually? So virtually, ideally, I don't do happy hours now because after six o'clock, I'm, I'm beat on my head. It is spinning. Um, but for like uh, monthly groups, those are kind of networking events. Um, 
what I see, what I foresee happening in the next few months is that there's going to be a hybrid, right? You're going to have the weekly events and then someone's going to be like, let's all go to Topgolf and have an event. I'm like, perfect. I can go, you know, outside. So the, the, the in-person events are happening, but it just depends on what organization is, is doing it. They're being safe about it. Usually all outside. They've got that down to a science now. So it's just, you know, going in what makes sense for you. If I'm going to see that person on a Friday at a top golf event, but I'm going to see him on Tuesday at a networking event, like a, like a virtual networking event. It's not like I'm missing him. It's more of him or her. It's just, you know, a different way of connecting. And so talk to me about like what's happening in a virtual networking event, because I am also a room worker. I was telling the girls in our prep that like, I've gone to like networking events that teach you how to network. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Why, why am I here? I know how to do this, right? Because it's something that I've had to do in a past life to keep my business moving forward. As a salesperson, right. connections are everything, right? And I get that. And I love that about you because it's very, we're very aligned. Uh, <laughs> but I like don't understand virtual networking. Like, how does this happen? Do people talk over each other? Do you have to like take turns? Like, what is happening? I had eight months to figure this shit out. What are you asking me for? I'm just kidding. So there is, I I agree. There is a level. Oh, my little light went off. (laughs) I need to make sure my filter's on. Um, There is a, um, there is a lack of, not a lack, but I agree. It can, it can absolutely be challenging. I'm not ever going to disregard the fact that it's challenging. I think what you said is very, very relatable. and, And a lot of people do, do have challenges with it, but the way logistically to network within a virtual event because we're very, we're not this high level bullshit drives me crazy. What you're going into it is you're going into literally just come out with three, two to three one-on-one meetings on the calendar. That's all you want. So as people go goals as an in-person event, like same goals, but a lot faster, a lot faster here for this. Yeah. So all you want to do in in a virtual networking event, depending on who, now it all depends on who's running it, how efficient that they are. It depends on who's in the group, right? If they're all friends or if it's just um, a way for people just to connect randomly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll have themes, like they'll have speakers or they'll have like a training thing or they'll do like a presentation. It really just depends on, it, it 100% depends on the coordinator and how they run it. There's an, a gentleman, his name's Ben Hecht and he runs a group called the best of the best. There's about 60 people on that group. He runs that like a ship and everyone, he gives enough time in the beginning for everyone to BS and troll each other and just call each other out and make fun, like just have that moment. And he runs it so efficiently. It is one of the best groups I've ever been a part of, but my goal in that, I know I got to make an introduction because he only takes referrals. So I'll make an intro Jackie as you write that down. Um, there, but in that space, what, what I typically do is I'll listen and I'll do like a thousand other things, but I'll listen to what people are saying. And if they have an ask, I'm paying attention. Yeah. Like, Hey, this is my ask for the week. Okay. Who do you need? Write it down and then send them the email right after the meeting. Or if somebody's new that comes on, I can send them a quick message and say, I love a 15 minute intro call and nobody ever says no. So what I'm hearing you say, and I'm going to parlay this into all networking events is that you are looking to always help. Always. Always help, like be a resource Mm -hmm. and then like find a resource. So there's the, the, the rule of thumb, and again, to take this with a grain of salt, is 10 gives before an ask. Mm. Makes it I easier for them to say yes. 
Right. You know, so now, now those gives can be, can be broken out into different ways. So like not just sending them an email with like an article or like, Hey, here's an introduction. The give could be sharing something on their LinkedIn page. The give could be asking them to see if they wanted to come to this other networking event that you're a part of, or this virtual right. event that you're part of. Like, like 10 engagements. Enga engagements. Yes. But there needs to be value behind it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more than just engagements. Cause if I like a post, meh, but if I share well, it, if comments, you comment on a post mm -hmm. because you know, they said it was something they were working on at work. Correct. That's meaningful. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I love this. These are great. Like little, okay. So 10, 10 gives before an ask. Yeah. Love. Roughly. Roughly. I mean, some people deserve three and then you're like, all right. Okay. Chad, let's calm yourself down with your financial planning. Oh no, we all have one of those. But one of the things that you had said was you started on this networking journey, right? By uh, asking people what they hated about networking um, and calling out that uh, Chad, the financial planner, um, that I think we all have one of those in our network who just is incessant sometimes. Um, I'd love to know your top three mistakes that you see people making right now when it comes to networking. You know, it's different than it used to be because all of the idiots that are transactional networking, they dropped off the face of the planet. They're not, I, I, I don't see them in my groups. I don't see them, you know, reaching out to me on LinkedIn. Like I don't see them anymore. Like they faded out like a bad wig, like it's bad or like a bad balayage. Let's be real. Um, so there are the, the mistakes that people are making right now. God, I wish I had more. Um, I still get the random sales pitches in, in my, my LinkedIn inbox. And I'm like, okay, no thanks. The others are, okay, this is a good one. This just happened the other day. The other mistakes are, hey, Ash, thanks so much for your call. I'm looking forward to the introductions you're going to make. Please let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Okay, that's fine. No problem. You're welcome. You're still going to get the introductions. But to level that up, you really didn't take the time to think about what I can do for you, nor what you can do for me. Mm -hmm. You can take the time. And the lazy part, the lazy thing that I, that drives me crazy is, Hey, go through my LinkedIn connections and just tell me who you want to meet. And I'm like, if you don't know your network well enough to at least make one or two introductions, I do not, I am not going to rely on more work for me when I just gave you three introductions, two resources and a template. You need to know if you want to be in this game, this networking game, and I say game very, very lightly. If you want to be have best practices, know the hell who's in your network, or at least have the resources or the organization to be able to search for that, which takes me into a logistical template that we're going to go through. It's called the tier one and the tier two list. Saved for clients, but you guys are fantastic, so we're going to give this out. So tier oh, one and the tier so two juicy. list. These are people. So juicy, so juicy. Let's finish my coffee. It's almost done. There should be vodka in this, but there's not. So. It's Friday. There could be. Is it? Is it? Or is it Thursday? Thursday. Well, is it Thursday again? <laughs> so actually, I'm actually going to tell you what I tell my clients who are um, C-suite executives, CEOs, and yeah. business owners. You're the boss, so you can do whatever you want. Right. Right. I feel right? like, like if you like want to have alcohol in the morning, can I tell you? you? I went. Listen. Listen. Don't give, don't gas me up the way that I, <laughs> what do you mean? 
you're like, what is this? But this is woman empowerment. I don't understand what the problem is. Okay, so the tier, Julie, you're the best. So the tier one, we're gonna hang out later. So the tier one and the tier two list, uh, this is how you define it. You grab, and this is how you monetize it. So you grab all of the named industries that are allocated onto LinkedIn. So like you just Google LinkedIn industries, right? And what you do is, is that you just grab that list, throw it into an Excel file. As you go down the list of like the named industries, who do you think of when you see marketing? Who do you think of when you see real estate? Who do you think of when you see financial planning? You know, who do you think of first? That could be five people, that could be 20 people, that could be 150 people. What you're doing is, is that you're trying to recognize who has built the know, the like, and the trust factor with you. Because the first person that comes to mind, just take a pass at it, that's your tier one. These are your ride or die people. These are the people that you can call right now and say, hey, bitch, I'm gonna make an intro, trust me. Like, that's the kind of group you want, tier one. Again, doesn't matter how many people there are, just take a pass at it. The tier two lists are people that you like, that, that you know and that you like, but you haven't crossed over to the, to the trust just yet, but it's getting there. It just takes a little bit more time and that's on your own. It's on your own value. Like how do you, how do you distinguish that? That's totally up to you. So the tier one list and the tier two lists are two great lists to have. Then you kind of really want to go through your LinkedIn profile and say, oh, that's right. You know, Julie does this. She shifted over only add her to the tier two list, right? Just being able to say, oh, I forgot that they're a part of that. Sometimes you can't keep 150 people in your brain. And so you kind of have to use the other tools in your toolbox to kind of put them in there. So, or they have a very unique industry that sometimes you get asked about and they're the only one in that industry. So that's a unique set. So the tier one list and the tier two list are fantastic. When you have new networking calls, you want to ask a bunch of questions, obviously, but the two questions you really want to ask to monetize your network is that your tier one list, if you've known them for a long period of time, sometimes their businesses or their companies will have referral agreements. And if you can get on that referral agreement signature for 10% of the deal, for whatever it may be, jump on that. It's a nice to have, it's not a need, but it's a nice to have. In that tier one and tier two list, you want to have two, two different kinds of categories. One is for a small and medium-sized businesses and one is for like large. So like for marketing, there might be like a, a social media, uh, you know, uh, expert who does her own thing. And then there's a, an agency, right? So kind of like jazz it up. So when you talk to somebody new, you want to ask them two questions. When somebody gives you a call, what problem are they having? because that identifies them to give you a story of how they fix a problem. And then ask, what are your biggest challenges right now? Because they can be like, oh God, my, I, you know what? My, my financial planning kind of sucks. Or I hate tax season because I'm an idiot when it comes to QuickBooks. Oh, tier one, Kirsten Toller, she's a CPA and I have a referral agreement with her. So every new person you ask, who are you all gonna work with right now? Who are you looking to hire? And just ask the question because one, it builds networking equity. And two, now you've got a referral agreement with people that you know, you like, and you trust that you can match them up. What I implore you to do is not only focus on the referral agreement with them is really focus on the personality. That's why I say put two to three different people in those categories because you want to match it up by personality first. Like, can they sit with this person at a bar? You know, that's what you want. Because even if they don't get hired, you're building the networking equity and then they're doing something else. So that's how you monetize it, and but to make it smart. Now, your tier one, tier two list, you gotta nurture the crap out of that network. Like they're, that's your army. 
you've got your general, you've got your sergeants, and then you got your soldiers. But in order for them to follow you, the way in order for you to lead them, lead that army, you got to give back to them tenfold before you can even think about them fighting for you. So the goal of building a network is building a group of champions to become the army to advocate for you when you're not in the room, because then you're never networking a day in your life. Damn girl. The help. Um, it does help. I actually want to go back. You used 150 as an example. Um, yes. Was that a number that you pulled from your head just as a random number or was that on purpose? Great question. That's Robin Dunbar's uh, theory of, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I was an anthropology major. So yep. um, you said 150 and I was like, that's Dunbar's number. That's Dunbar's number. Yeah. So Dunbar's number on purpose. Theory. That's fantastic. Yes. Can you explain yeah, that so a little that bit? Number, I, I, Absolutely. Robin Dunbar's theory is based off of um, being able to have meaning, being able to retain meaningful contacts. So based off of your genetic code and just us as humans, there is a number that ideally is how many people you really want in your network. So the meaningful contacts equals a network. Um, people may enter in and out of that network, but in order for it to cohere well and be adhesive, you want to keep it to around 150. So on my list, my tier one and tier two, I never exceed 150 because they won't, it won't last long or cohere well. It's just a nice way of being able to say like, hey, this is the amount of people that I want to maintain. So that way you're not just networking with every Joe, Dick and Harry. Now, as you're building up your own network, take a look at the industries that have nobody in them. Maybe you just want to network with people to fill that slot, right? So that way you've got a full robust list. Now, to be even more intentional, I know I've done a lot, yeah. Find 10 industries that you can share clients with. So for example, a real estate agent and a divorce lawyer are fantastic strategic partners because if you're getting divorced, you're either upsizing or downgrading depending on the agreement. So they're sharing clients in a way without having it be an issue, right? So think about five, five to 10 industries that complement your business and those are the industries that you want to network with so you don't have to go to every single goddamn networking event you don't have to accept every single goddamn contact on linkedin if they don't fit in those slots don't open up the door for a 15-minute intro call because it's not going to be useful for you or for them i am obsessed with the <laughs> intention behind this the intention behind specific targeted connections I hate Joe, Dick, and Harry. I hate them. I want like the, that, I don't think anyone has room in their lives right now for the, the fluff. You know what I mean? Like this intentional perspective is like, just blew my mind. I, speaking of which I received a phenomenal email from one of my girls. Her name is Beth Lawrence. She's an event planner. She and I had a wonderful conversation about maximizing efficiency. And just as, you know, other business owners, you know, we try to like chat each other up and figure out like, girl, you should be charging more. Like I yelled at her through social media. I'm like, if I'm getting paid this much, you better be paid to do more. And so I yelled at her and she sent so we were talking about allocating time, right? Being intentional about time. And this, I swear, I forget, oh, where the hell is it? Her email, all she does is take calls. Like she's a very heavy networker and she just takes intro calls and then she ends up giving out more information and like free advice that she's she's catching herself on, but she keep can't keep, you know. Can't stop it. Can't stop it. Cause she's trying to build up whatever. Um, 
so her so the day after we had a conversation i yelled at her just just being like like you're burnt out like yelling at her she's awesome her response email like is now that's now in her inbox and i sent her like a uh, an article about using zapier which is a tool that i use to kind of help whatever her email back was automated that said hello there and thank you for reaching out due to my current workload and limited office hours during this pandemic i'm currently taking meetings on tuesday wednesdays and thursdays additionally i'll be checking and responding to emails twice per day if you are an existing client and requiring uh, require urgent assistance please contact me via phone if you're a new inquiry and haven't filled out this form please do this will help me understand your needs and reply in an effective manner thank you for understanding this move to be to more efficiency, effectiveness, and balance during this time. I appreciate your patience as it allows me to send thoughtful response when I can provide my undivided attention. Oh, I man. lost my shit and I sent back ah, like in an email and I'm going to call her and tell her just outed her on this podcast because I'm going to steal it and use it. It's brilliant. Power oh. move. That is a power. That is, she lizzoed her inbox. She lizzoed her inbox. That's what she, she lizzoed. Yeah, man. She, that, that's a flex. That is a flex. Like I've never seen it. And you know I'm, what though? People, yeah. people want what they can't have. If like she's made herself like the juicy dessert that they've been waiting to indulge into, you know what I mean? Like Wait, she yeah. has made herself this like unattainable, you know, you know, like it, uh, she's unattainable, but like gives you the rules. Like there are so many things that she did right in that email that I cannot. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal it and put it on my resources page because it's fucking brilliant. Like it's, it's really so, good. I'll rebrand it and tell her, but it's so, so good. And it's, it's it from, from my perspective too, it helps me also recognize that we're all in the same boat here. You know, we're all winging it. All of us, every adult in your life, because I'm not an adult, but any adult in your life is winging it. And being able to like have these kinds of conversations within your network to help them be more efficient in their lives, which ends up bringing more happiness and joy and time. And it's so much more than just building professional network. It's actually building professional friendships and a better way of life. It's so much more than just, you know, business. It really is. And that's what gives me fulfillment and value every day. I love that. So after all of these juicy bits, I know people are going to want to get more from you. So share with us where we can find you on the virtual marketplace. Absolutely. So you can find me at ashleyassists.com. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. It's the same Ashley Assists with an S at the end. Um, best way to connect with me, especially if you're looking to kind of revamp your own networking is through a networking audit. Go through all the things that you're doing right, all the things that you're doing wrong. And I trim the fat on all the activities, give you a four week plan, super simple, hour and a half. You have access to me the entire month, a lot of fun. Um, and also there's going to be an online course coming out. So if you're interested in that, it's a lot cheaper than working with me one-on-one. Uh, the online course is coming out in the next few weeks. So just visit ashleyassist.com, jump on the wait list for a surprise. So I'll be very, very excited to hang out with everybody. Otherwise, if you want to chat with me between the hours of 6 and 8 p.m. during the week, because I'll be working on a new project that's going to be taking up a lot of my time. Um, so come hang out. We'll have a good time. We'll just, we'll talk about everything. I'm pumped. Ashley, it's been like more than a pleasure talking with you this Friday morning. I am so energized and so excited to like dive back into my own network and really put it to work. 
I'm so excited for you. And it's easy as just making friends, guys. I know it sounds crazy, but everyone can do it. You're all amazing. Carissa, thank you so much. Jen, Julie, obviously, and Jackie, ladies, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me today. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.